This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad that you joined us Today, as we are continuing our Give Me Faith series here this weekend, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what, what God has been doing and what he's doing in our midst. And I really believe that this, this series is going to be a, a catalyst for our church. It's going to be pushing us into some things that I believe that God really wants to do in and through us. And, and you know, if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to go to our website, uh, go to coastalcommunity.tv and check out the message from last week. We talked about a lot of cool things about our church and it really will Will give you the heartbeat of who we are and why we exist. But in case you weren't here, I want to just kind of refresh a little bit because I think it's important for every single one of us who come to church here, who call this our home. And if you're a guest here today, man, this series is, is, is really about our church. But at the same point, I believe that today is going to be really critical for you because I believe that God wants to give you faith for your life because it's not just a series about our church. It's about you personally. And I believe that God has got some incredible things for you. But when we set out to start this church, when we moved here with just a couple of families knowing nobody, you know, we came up with this idea that, man, we wanted to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. That's why we exist as a church. That's what we're here for. Man, we are all about people. We're about the people that Jesus would go out and look for and find in the highways and the byways and in the, the gutters and in, in, the, in the mansions. He was looking everywhere for people. Because his heart is for people. He wants people to know him. And, and as a church, man, that's what this has always been about. It's always been about people. It's not ever been about building great buildings or, or doing all kinds of other things. It's always been about reaching people. And, and every single week we've gathered on Wednesday mornings and we've prayed and, and we've prayed to the north and the south and the east and the west that God, that the God of the harvest would bring people in, that God, that God would send out laborers to reach more people because that's what his heart is, man. He wants people. And so as a church, man, we have always been about that. And, the, and this series was really birthed out of, out of me just seeking God um, in a period of time where we we're looking for direction for our church and making some major decisions. And, and, and I was reading one morning as I was preparing for the weekend, and I was reading out of some scripture in Genesis. And if you have a Bible today, I would encourage you to turn to Genesis chapter 15. We're going to be hanging out there. Um, if you don't have a Bible, you can look in your worship guide. There's notes in there. You can pay attention to the screen. You can take out your smartphone and scan that little squiggly thing in the top right-hand corner. That's called a QR code. You can grab a, a QR code reader online or you can go to Version. There's lots of options for you if you don't have a Bible, okay? Um, and so there's gonna, we're gonna find some way so you can follow along with us in scripture. But it was really birthed out of this idea that, man, God has got some incredible things for people. God has got some incredible promises in his word. He's got some incredible promises, not just for my life, not just for our church's life, but for your life. And I don't want to be a place where we just come in here and we sing some songs and man, they, the band is freaking slamming every single week. I mean, they do a great job. They come up here. Come on, let's give it up for all these guys. that They come up here and they volunteer and they use their talent and, and all those things. And it, it's awesome that we can come in here and we can sing some songs to God and then we can, we can high five a couple of people that we don't really like or know anyways and, and say, oh man, it's good to see you even though you, you've never seen them before in your life. Um, and, and then, you know, we listen to some guy that's bald up there preach and, and then you just go home and 
And, and that isn't what we want our church to be. We want our church to be a place where people are discovering the purpose and plan that God has for them because we believe that God has given each one of us, he has made us uh, on purpose, for a purpose, and with a purpose. And we want us to discover what those things are. But a lot of times those things scare us to death. And I'll never forget the first time I heard the voice of God in my life. I, I was, I was uh, 21 or 22 years old. I, I'd been an executive pastor at this church um, for about a year. And I was at a conference called Catalyst Conference, which has just happened this past weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. And now today it's this enormous conference with 10, 15,000 people. But when I went to it, it was maybe like 1,500 people. And it was just beginning. And, and in this conference, I, they, there was this guy named Bill Hybels that talked. And he shared about a book and how the local church was the hope of the world. And, and something was stirring inside of my heart. And, and later that night, they were having this concert with this guy that nobody knew at the time, but his name was Chris Tomlin. And, uh, you know, he's pretty well known today. I mean, pretty much half the songs that churches sing are of his songs, but nobody knew who he was. So there's like, there's like maybe a hundred people at this concert. I mean, it's, you know, this is Chris Tomlin. I mean, he's, he, he didn't sing Our God or anything, but he was, you know, he, I went to this, this, this thing and, and I was just worshiping with these other 99 people and, and uh, you know, just like, this is awesome. And I remember leaving there that night and getting in my red Pontiac Grand Prix GT. I mean, that's... Man, I was a baller. No, I'm just kidding. Seriously. Um, and I remember driving back to my hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, and, and just God just coming in that car. Um, you know, it was like the presence of God just showed up. And he started speaking to me. And not like the literal voice, because if he would have, honestly, if he would have spoke like in an audible voice, I probably would have crapped my pants. I mean, just honestly, I mean, I, that's just right where I would be. But I, I just had this, like this conversation with God started happening. And, and, God, and God was saying, you know, man, you know, I've got a great plan for your life. I'm like, cool, that's awesome. And he's like, man, you're going to go plant a church. And I'm like, I'm 22. I don't know anything, man. I didn't, I didn't even graduate college. I got hired at a church before I even finished school. I'm, I'm pretty uneducated. My wife, we've been married for like a year and a half at this point. We don't know anything. We're just trying to, we're just trying to figure each other out, let alone lead some other people. Um, you know, I, I'm just at this church. I'm brand new at this church game. I don't really know much about it. I, I'm good at pushing numbers. And so they let me be in charge of that stuff. And, and so I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, God, there's just no way. There's just no way that you have that for my life. There's, I just, I can't even comprehend that for my life right now. I mean, that's just so beyond where I'm at. And this is what I know is that a lot of times God is speaking things for our future that are way beyond where we are at today. And that God has been speaking some things into a lot of your lives, but you've been looking at the situations, you've just been saying, no way. Maybe, maybe you're in a buttload of debt and God says, man, I'm gonna make you debt free and you're gonna, be, you're gonna have more than enough. And, and you're looking at your situation, you're just going, man, I got more bills and, and more stuff than I'd have month right now. How is that gonna happen? And you're just like, no way, God. Some of you guys, uh, God's been saying, man, I'm gonna bring you a spouse. And you're like, man, I, I don't even know how that is because like girls won't even talk to me or guys won't even talk to me right now. And, or maybe you've been been divorced and you've been hurt and you've been broken you think there's just no way that anybody could love me but God is saying man I've got somebody special for you in your life maybe you're out there and and God has spoken some things to you about your future calling and how he wants to use you to help people through ministry and you just look at your life and you're like my life's a mess how can I help anybody else without with their mess when I can't even deal with my own mess and you just say no way and so many times in life, there's so many situations where God comes and speaks to us and we just automatically shove him off and say, no way. 
And we're going to be looking at a story today of a, of a guy who basically had that same kind of encounter with God. God shows up and he talks to him and he just says, I don't, I don't even understand how that is. But God does something supernatural through his life. And we're going to be talking about Abraham today. And, uh, and at this time, his name was Abram. And basically, Abram was a guy that was following hard after God. He was, he was going and he was traveling and God was speaking to him. He was leading him in places and just blessing his life immensely. But at this time, Abram's about 90 years old and he doesn't have any children. He's, he's stuck in this moment of time where he's like, man, there's, there's no future. There's no heir for my life. And so he and his wife are just kind of going about their business. And, and what happens is in Genesis 15, starting with verse 1, it says this. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram. I am your shield, your abundant compensation, your reward shall be exceedingly great. I love it. God, man, just shows up and he says, man, I've got an incredible promise for your life. And, and I don't know about you, but if God, when God shows up and, and he gives you this incredible promise, like I'm gonna make you rich, like that's a promise that most of us would be like, I, I'll take that. I'll take that and run, baby. It's like hitting the lottery, the Jesus lottery or something. I don't know. And, uh, and so he shows up, man, and he says, man, I'm gonna be your abundant compensation. I'm going to be your reward. And, and, and everything you're going to have is going to be great. He says, man, I'm going to come and I'm going to be your protection. I'm going to be your compensation. I like compensation. I don't know about y'all, but I like getting a paycheck. And so God's like, man, you're going to get paid. And not only beyond that, you're going to get an, a, a reward above that. And, and this is this incredible promise that God has thrown there before Abram. And, and, and so many times I believe that God comes and he speaks some really, really great promises to our lives. But what our problem is, is that so many times we have a lot more revelation than we have application in our life. God's coming in and he's saying, man, I've got something good for you. Man, I've got something awesome for your family. You know what? You've got a great future. God is going to do something awesome in your life. And you're like, man, that's great. And then we don't have any, any obedience to that. We're just taking it in. We're just holding on to it. We're like, yeah, man, that's kind of cool. And what happens in our lives is that, man, we're, we're sitting there and, 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 and our, we're educated far beyond our level of obedience. And today I believe that God has given you some incredible things in your life. He's called you to some ridiculous purposes. I believe that there is greatness sitting in this room for the kingdom of God. I believe that there are some people that are going to be helping other families lead and restore marriages. I believe that there's people in here that are going to be blessed financially, not so they can have a bigger house on A1A and, and drive a Bentley with 22s, but so that they can help make sure that the dreams of other people are financed through the kingdom of God. I believe that God is, has blessed some of you guys in your relationships so you can teach other people how to have healthy relationships. I believe that some of the things that you've gone through aren't for void. It's so that God can use your past circumstances not to be a crutch, but to be a help for other people. And today, God has been speaking some things. I believe he's already spoken some things to you, but he's about to speak some things in your life. And the whole reason we called this series Give Me Faith is because we're going to need some freaking faith to see those things happen. That's what's up right there, isn't it? Because those things are intimidating, right? They're, that's scary when God shows up. In fact, you know, I think that there's some things that hinder us from, from revealing, from experiencing the promise of God. And I just wanna, I wanna kind of discuss those a little bit and then talk about how do we move forward to there? How do we start to walk out the promises of God in our lives? How do we start to walk out the things that he's spoken in our lives so that we don't have to live a faithless life or just a mundane and boring life, but so that we can live the life of purpose and destiny that God intended for us to live? And so I think one of the biggest hindrances to us moving forward into what God has said in our life is fear. 
It's fear. It's, it's why right away, it's, it, you know, what happens is, is God shows up to him and he says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not. And the reason I think, you know, so many times, everywhere you look in the Bible, whenever God shows up, an uh, angel shows up, God speaks, what's the first thing he always says? Fear not. Fear not. And I, I always thought because God's probably scary. I mean, that was my initial thought. Anybody else think that? I mean, I just think people freak out. Like an angel shows up with a sword, I'm, I'm dead. That's my initial th- fear. <laughs> but as I started thinking about it, I don't think he's saying fear not because it's a, scary, it's a scary thing for him to show up. I think he's saying fear not because of what he's about to tell you. He said, man, I've got something incredible for you, and don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of what I'm about to tell you in your life. Because so many times that's, what's, that's what happens is, is, God, is God wants to do something incredible in your life, but you start looking at, at your own ability and you start looking at the circumstances around you and, and you start saying, man, that, I just, no, man, that, I, that's scary. I don't know. I don't want to take that step. I don't want to move out into those things. I mean, that is just terrifying to me because this is what I found, that if I can do something in my own ability, it's probably not God. That's why he's always telling us to, to fear not because if it's on our own strength, then man, it's probably not him because that's not something he would give us to do. He wants us to build, be a people that are trusting him. But so many times what happens in our lives is instead of looking at God and what he says to us, we're looking at our circumstances and what's happening around us and those things freak us out. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever made a good decision when you're in an emotional state of frenzy? Anybody? No, probably not. Uh, I mean, do you, do, you, do you speak rationally when you're all hyped up? No, you yell at your spouse, you spank your, uh, you do all kinds of crazy things. I'll never forget when I was, I was 18 years old, I was, I was uh, on a trip to, to France and uh, I was coming back and we were heading into Miami International. We were coming from, from um, Paris to Gaulle and, and on this flight, the pilot came on board and said, hey, man, we, we're getting ready to, to head, get close to Miami, but we want to let you know that there's a tropical storm uh, in Miami right now, and so it's going to be a little rough. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever flown through, like, a tropical storm. It's no bueno. I'm just going to tell you straight up. Sorry, that's all my Spanish I got today. Um, it's just not good, and I remember being on that flight, and I'm like, man, it's no big deal. You know, I'll just, I'll just take some more NyQuil or something and I'll be good and and, and and I remember you know putting on my seatbelt and and you know you start hitting those bumps and stuff and everybody starts freaking out you know everybody loves Jesus when it gets when it gets to a rough flight everybody's like God help me Jesus please help you know everybody's crying out to God at that moment it's which is awesome it's like a huge altar call I should have just stand up and name the Father Son and Holy Spirit I could have done it all right there And we're flying, you know, and it's getting all shaky and stuff. And, you know, they, they come on and say, hey, listen, we're just going through some turbulence. But all of a sudden when we're flying, we're, we're probably about uh, 45 minutes away from Miami. All of a sudden we just drop in altitude. Like we drop like so fast that the oxygen mass things fall down. You know, that they always talk about. And so, and so when those things fall, because fear sets in, everybody starts to freak out and panic. And, you know, you would think if you're crashing to your death, you would buckle your seatbelt, right? No, these people are unbuckling, running towards the exit doors, like trampling children and moms and stuff. I mean, people are just going crazy. People over here are cussing out people. And, and, you know, all this pandelarium is breaking out. 
And, 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 and eventually, you know, we, we kind of settle down and, and the pilot's like, sorry, we had to maneuver through this. And, 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 and people that are at the doors that had just trampled over people are having to walk back because they just made like the worst decision of their life because they trampled over their wife to get to, get to safety. They're like, screw you, hon. And I know some of you guys are like, well, what were you doing? I mean, I was praying, man. That's what a pastor does. I said, Jesus, please help me. You know, I was right there with those other spiritual people that were all crying out to God. But uh, I, I thought about that circumstance because so many times we're sitting there and God has given us this destination to get to. He's given us this promise in our life. But circumstances around us seem like chaos. And instead of trusting that he's in complete and total control, what we do is we freak out and make bad decisions. And we do nothing. We do the exact wrong thing instead of the right thing. Because the entire time, the pilots were in complete and total control of that airplane. They were maneuvering and getting us to the right spot. We just had to follow their lead. And for some of you today, man, you've been living in fear. And today, I want to tell you, man, don't keep living in fear. Start following the direction that God has given you in your life. Allow him to lead. Allow him to be that person that you're looking to, not putting your eyes on other things. Because God has not, you know, 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But when we get freaked out, man, our mind is, goes cray-cray. It's jacked up. Another thing that, that happens a lot of times when, when, we, when, we, when we get something from God is, is, man, all of a sudden, insecurity builds up in our lives. It's exactly what happened in Abram's life. And in verse 2, it says, And Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I'm going from this world childless? And he, shall be, who, he who shall be the owner and heir of my house is the steward Eleazar of Damascus. And in verse 3, it says, And Abram continued. He wasn't even done. He's like, gripe session on. Let me tell you what's wrong in my life. And he continues, Look, you've given me no kid. And a servant born in my house is, is my heir. And I love this of, about Abram because it's the same response that a lot of us have. And in, in a different version of the Bible, it says, but Abram said, we always have a lot of buts in life. God, God gives you this incredible thing. But God, you don't understand what's wrong with me. You don't understand what's wrong with my life. You don't understand that I don't have this in my life. Man, I'm not, I'm not good looking enough. You know what? Nobody would ever follow me because I'm ugly or I'm not tall enough, or I'm, not, or I'm too short, or, or I'm too wide, and I would need to be thinner, or whatever it may be, or I don't have enough finances. There's no way that you could use me to do something like that, or you know what? My education isn't great enough, so there's, there's no way that you would be able to use me in that area, and, and so we start looking at all these things, or maybe it's what somebody else has told us about ourselves. People have come in and given us an opinion of our life, and we've taken their opinion, and we've ran with it, rather than taking God's opinion. Let me just tell you something. A lot of people have opinions for your life, but God has a freaking plan for your life. And we need to stop listening to the opinions of others. We need to stop looking at what we don't have and look at what we do have, which is a living God who loves us and has promised us great things. Instead of looking to our lack, we need to look to what we do have. And what we do have is a God who says, man, when you're weak, I am strong. And that's when I'm most abundantly clear. And what happens in our life is when we start focusing on all of our lack, what happens? We get all anxious about stuff, don't we? We get, we get all self-conscious about things. And I read this this week. It says, anxiety wraps you up in yourself, trapping you in your own thoughts. Isn't that the enemy's plan to trap us in our own thoughts rather than God's thoughts for us? Because God has got some incredible thoughts for our lives. 
But so many of us are, are being trapped in the thoughts of other people and the thoughts of ourselves, and we're missing out on the thought that God has for our life. See, insecurity is really all about our security. Which leads us right to our, another thing that, that traps us, and it's this idea of comfort in our lives. Listen, when God calls you to do something outside of the box of your life, everything in you will want to jump back in that box. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't allow yourself to jump into that thing. Genesis 15, verse 5, and he says, and, and he brought him outside his tent into the starlight. See, he had to get outside of his comfort. And, and this is what happens to so many of us in our lives is that, is that God comes and he speaks to us and he says something really, really awesome in his word. He, man, he gives us this incredible promise. He says, man, I've got great things for your life. And we're like, that's awesome. I've got great things for my life. Man, I'm gonna sit this and I'm gonna come and I'm gonna sit on that word. And I'm gonna get comfortable because God's got something awesome for my life. Bro, have you seen how awesome God's got for my life? You see that? It's right here by my badunkadunk. You know, it's, it's good, man. Check that baby out. Uh, get you some of that. Everybody wishes they had a word like this, don't they? And you sit here. And you get comfortable and you say, somebody comes to you and says, man, that's awesome. I want to help you accomplish that for your life. And you say, no, 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 no. You didn't hear my word. My word was I have to do this. I can't go out in the parking lot and help park cars. What? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be the next Billy Graham. Don't you know you should be giving me the microphone rather than the mop? And we think, man, I'm just going to get to this place where everything is good in life. And, and, and we get, what happens is we get stagnant. We get comfortable. And comfortableness never extends to faith. Actually, it's the greatest hindrance to our faith. In fact, today I think the greatest hindrance to your growth is your comfortability. Because when things are just, they're not too bad, and they're not exceedingly good, they're just okay, man, we just plop down and we say, man, I'm, I'll settle for this. And we settle for an ordinary life instead of the extraordinary life that God intended for us to be. And God has so much more than just being comfortable. I know some of you guys are just jacked up that I'm sitting on the Bible right now, but it's okay. God's got so much more for you and I. You know what comfortability really does in our life? Is it makes us lazy. When we become lazy, our priorities get out of whack. That's why Proverbs tells us the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. Man, we, we want those things. Man, I got this word. But the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. And God's saying, man, it's, it's not okay to just be comfortable, man. Get outside of that box and do something great for me because it's not how much we know where it's not about the word that he's given us. It's about what we do with that word. It's about how we apply it to our life. You know, and I, I, was, I was thinking about this this morning. How crazy we are in America and how comfortable we are because here's the deal. In 46 days, people 
will go wait in line for hours. If you don't know what 46 days is, that's, that's Thanksgiving night. And if you don't know what happens on Thanksgiving night, that's Black Friday. And so on Black, or that, that, that night before, what will happen is, is people will go wait for hours to buy things that don't matter, but they'll show up late to church for the one thing in life that does matter. Because they're comfortable. It's just become common. It's just become normal. And God is not common, nor is he normal. He is supernatural, and he wants to do something great in your life. And so how are you and I, how are we going to move beyond this? Because I believe that God has spoken to a lot of you. I believe that you've got some things in your life right now that you know that he's been dealing with you with, and you've just been sitting back. You've been fearful. You've been insecure. You've been comfortable. And he's been pushing on you and tugging on you. And if he hasn't, he's about to. How do we move from that? And I think the first thing that we have to do is we have got to listen to God. We have got to listen to God. I love in Genesis 15, 1, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, I'm your shield, your abundant compensation, your reward shall be exceedingly great. And then in verse four, it says, behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man shall not be your heir, but he who shall come from your own body shall be your heir. Man, he gets a word from God. Man, he goes out and he seeks God's voice. And when he seeks God's voice, everything starts to change in his life. A lot of us are getting a word from Oprah. A lot of us are getting a word from Dr. Phil. A lot of us are getting a a word from Lakeisha over on the side over here. We're asking our homegirl or our homeboy, what do they think? And we should be going and we should be seeking God and saying, God, what do you have to say about these things? And the reason we don't do that is because we are so busy in our life that we are so running after all these things that we are missing out on what God's saying to our lives. I think that our busyness is one of the biggest hindrances to us finding and hearing the voice of God. You know, Elijah, it says this in, in, in 1 Kings, it says, man, that he was seeking after God and, and there was fire and there was an earthquake and there was, there was wind and, and all those things. There was all this ruckus. There was all this stuff going on. And he, and he listened in each one of those and nowhere was God. But then he said, there was a still small voice and there was God. You know what that means? We got to quiet our life we got to set some time aside to listen to God. we got to quiet ourselves in order to hear him. And one of the greatest things that I've learned in my life, and one of my mentors, Perry Noble, tells, says this all the time. He says, man, you got to get a word from the word. You know, the, the Bible says the word was life, man, and Jesus was the word. But he's left us this incredible book with all of these promises, and he says, man, I've got great things for you, but you got to seek me out. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, it's, it's everybody's favorite verse. You know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Everybody's like, yeah, that's awesome. God has a plan for me. But it says after that, then you will call on me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You know what that means? I gotta go spend some time with God. You wanna know what God's plan for your life is? Man, go spend some freaking time with him. Turn off the TV, turn off the radio, break out the word of God and start reading and saying, God, what do you have to say to me today? What do you want to do in my life today? Because a lot of you guys are seeking answers and visions for areas of your life and you're like, God, should I divorce my spouse? Well, if you would get in his word, you would see he already answered that question. He says, no, I hate divorce. You know, some of you guys are like, man, should I date this person that doesn't love Jesus? Well, he already answered that question. Don't be unequally yoked. Some of you are like, should I go help my neighbor? Here to answer that question. He said, man, help people. 
We're wondering about things that he's already answered. And if we would just seek him out, we would find every answer that we're looking for. And if we would start to listen to what he's saying, we would grab hold of that and we would see God do some incredible things because listening takes action. Listening takes action in our lives and it takes us being diligent and seeking those things out to see what God has for us. And once we hear something from God, once we get that word from God, we get a word from the word, man, we gotta move towards God. I believe that one of the greatest challenges in Christianity today is we mistakenly assume that information automatically translates into transformation. We assume because God says something, I'm gonna automatically be what I should be right away. But this is the thing, when God speaks to us, it calls us to action. It calls us to do something. That's why James in 125, he says this, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, doing what we've heard from God, it says, man, that his life will be blessed. It's not just hearing God, it's not just listening to God, but then it's doing something about it, it's stepping forward. It's, it's, we've gotta find a way to transfer all this information. We've gotta find a way to transfer all this stuff that's gone into our head, into our heart, into action in life. And we gotta start taking some steps. That's why Genesis in, in verse five, it says he brought him outside his tent into the starlight. And he said, look towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And that's the verse right there that, man, God just started rocking my world. He started saying, man, you gotta get outside of your tent. You gotta get outside of yourself because outside of the tent is where the promise is. It's where you're gonna start to see what I have for your life. See, God started speaking to him inside the tent. And he said, man, you gotta move beyond your circumstances. You gotta move beyond your fears. You gotta get outside of your comfort and see what I've got for your life. And as he moved outside the tent, man, everything started to change. He, all of a sudden, he got a promise. Now, I think when that happened, Abram was pr probably pretty jacked up about that promise. He said, man, you're going to have kids. Dude's 90. He's like, Marvin Gaye kicks on. It's nighttime, stars are out. He's like, Sarah, what's up, babe? I got a promise. Let's take it to action. You know, I just think that that dude was, he was probably excited about his promise. Man, some of us, we need to get excited about our promise and start saying, man, I'm going to move towards that thing. I'm going to move towards that thing in my life. And today I believe that God's calling you to make a step. That might be making a phone call and forgiving somebody. That might be stepping out and asking that person out on a date. That might be stepping out and saying, you know what, I'm gonna tithe for the very first time. That might be you going and restoring some relationships in your life. That might be you putting in an application for a new job. It could be that you're, God's been tugging at your heart to start a business and you've, been, and you've been backing off of that thing and you're saying, oh, I don't know when the time is and, and God's been on you and it's time for you to start that thing. There are some things that he has promised you, but on our part, it takes action. And listen, man, I know that, that, that that's scary because I know when God started speaking to me, man, it started messing with me. I'll, I'll never forget when this was the verse that God used to start talking to me about what we're gonna do in Northeast Broward County. He said, man, I want you to go and start another coastal community church in Northeast Broward County. And I was like, God, that, I don't like that idea. I like this idea right here. I like Coconut Creek. Got the creakers here. <laughs> he said, man, you need to start moving to action. And so I went and told my wife. Got to start somewhere, right? You got to start. I'm, Shayla, what do you think? Let's pray about this. 
And we went and talked to our elders and our trustees and our staff and said, hey, man, let's, let's pray about this. What do you think about this? Then we started putting together the materials that, that you can pick up and find out more information about it. And it started saying, man, you know what? And then we started talking to leaders in our church and saying, you know what? We believe that God has called us to do this. And then we, we rolled all this stuff out to you guys saying, man, this is what we believe that God is calling us to do. And we just started moving towards those things. And you know what? The entire time, I was freaking out. Every single time we would take a step, I'd go throw up. But it didn't keep me from moving. You know what? God is calling us to move. To take that step. But this is what I know. James 4, 8 tells us, as we draw near to God, he draws near to you. As we take those steps, man, God just comes closer and it becomes even more evident and even more obvious what he's trying to do to our, in our lives. And as we start to move towards God, what happens is we start to believe God. We start to believe God. A lot of times we think that, man, I, I've got to believe before I can move. And God's, God's way is not that way. He calls us to start moving. And he causes belief to happen in our life. I love verse 6. After he says, man, get outside of your tent, he get outside of his tent. And it says, and he, Abram, believed in, trusted in, relied on, remained steadfast to the Lord, and it counted to him as righteousness, right standing with God. When he started to move is when he believed. Some of you, God's been calling you to move for a long time. Not move from here. I want you to stay here, but maybe he has called you to move from here. I don't know. But God's been calling you to, to take some action in your life. And so many times we think this, seeing is believing. Let me just tell you something, believing is seeing. We think, man, I've got to see everything first. I've got to know everything. I've got to understand everything. But God's just calling us to get outside of our tent. Once we get outside the tent is when we start to see God. It's when we start to see the promise of what that's going to look like. And you know what that causes to happen in our life? It causes belief. Hebrews tells us that faith, says now faith, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. I love that word substance right there. Because that word literally means title deed for our life. And I don't know if you've ever owned a house, but when you have home ownership, you get a title deed. It says that that is yours. See, when we start to believe God, all of a sudden, that promise that just seemed like a far-off fairy tale, maybe it was rainbows and butterflies in your life, you thought, man, hey, someday. All of a sudden, it starts to become title deed because you, you started moving and all of a sudden belief started happening and faith welled up within you. And instead of just being a promise, it became a reality. Maybe not physically yet, but spiritually, man, you're there. You know that God's in that. And this is what I know is that God is trying to do some things in your life right now. He's trying to get you to step outside of yourself and to step into what he has for you. And so today, will you ask God to give you faith to make those steps? We ask him to, to, 
to push beyond your fears and your insecurities and your comforts of life and say, God, man, I'm going to chase you no matter what. And I'm going to start to take steps of faith even though I don't know where they're going to lead. But I know this, that as I draw near to you, you're going to show up. That's really all that I need to know. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.